I, oh, loops are back on. The, the loop is back on. loop de loop Welcome to MTG Evolving Wild. Uh, my name's Mark. I'm here with Cody. I'm Cody. I'm here with Ron. Hello. And uh, I'm here with our guest today, Jacob. Hi. Jacob is our friend who has played Magic for a lot longer than we have and has some insight and some experience that we have not gotten to see within the game. Yes, he is the man who got uh, both Mark and I into the game, so I'm excited to dig in to see the origin of the man who started our origin. The man, the myth, the legend. He is the legend. (laughs) The Jacob. The Jacob. (laughs) Uh, So when did you start playing Magic the Gathering? So I think it was around like 2006, 2005. Okay. And I first... My first memories of all were going to my friend Anastas's house. And I remember we we played some butchered version of the game entirely. Where it was <laughs> it was some like war type game where like we pointed at a color on the back of the card and flipped it over and if it was the color we called then we got a point or some some shit like that. <laughs> Am I allowed to curse? Is, yeah, is yeah a little bit, a little bit. Okay. Poopy. Um but that that's like my first first memory mm-hmm. and then after that my brother and his friends started to get into it and that was around ravnica time and so it was a pretty good time to get into it because and that Ra- was first the first first ravnica, ravnica. yeah nice. yeah uh, it's interesting because all all the ravnicas have kind of played a like touchstone in my time with magic because the first one was when i first started playing Second one was when I probably properly started to learn the rules. I also, first, like, events I went to was Return to Ravnica, maybe a little bit before then. Okay. But, and then most recently, I think around when I got you guys into it might have been Return to Return to Ravnica. I the, think that was the third just, iteration. just before we got into it. Yeah. It was... But that's Around really that cool. Time. That was probably part of why I wanted to get you into it. Uh huh. Because like that and Innistrad, I feel like thematically are very good to get into it because the colors associate to the theme entirely. Yeah. Um, you can see other ones that try to like reach a bit more with the colors because it's kind of hard to abstract something like color into into you know. Um, flavor and, and yeah kind of theme of, of a set they do it very uh obviously in those sets and i think that uh allows it for newer players to just like get introduced to it super easily and i kind of mentioned uh before that was one of the things that really got me into magic was when you showed me the ristic studies video of i think it was ravnica like something about like the art oh yeah that was the first thing you ever showed me with magic and i was very much moved by that and like picking a faction within that world and like kind of you know relating it more to personality which i think the game uh engine is really good at doing based on the color pie and all that right definitely Um, so when did you have any uh prior experiences with card games or tcgs or anything like that i remember buying pokemon packs and just liking the pretty cool shiny cards and and you know i i really didn't know that game at all i think i was like opening packs for that since like three or four years old i remember walking to 7-eleven getting a slurpee 
buying Pokemon packs. I remember trying to redo that when I was in like ninth grade, walking like two miles to a Seven <laughs> Eleven, and and then them, of course, because this was what like like 2011, 2012, they did not have packs at all. But it was so funny. I was I was at some like liquor store somewhere recently, and they had Pokemon packs behind. Oh, CVS. CVS, CVS, right around here. <laughs> oh, they, they have the po- liquor Pokemon, pa- the liquor store, <laughs> the liquor store CVS. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, everyone's favorite yeah. uh, con- consumer value store. Everyone's okay. favorite store. That's important to Magic the Gathering. Magic that you the know Gathering. what CVS Wait, is, that, stands that, for. is that what it stands for? That's what CVS if, stands if for. Consumer, consumer value, value store, store is the new place to buy trading card packs. Oh, like, well, it has consumer in the name. So, so Dude, I know you can get Magic packs at Rite Aid. <laughs> Okay. Really, right? Yes, that. Wow. yes. Wow. that's cool. The Rite Aid by my house legitimately has packs, and they're like a couple sets removed, which oh. is kind of cool sometimes. <laughs> yeah, um, I want to find more stores like that. I, th- I-, I think Pokemon kind of brought that back with like the whole like YouTube uh reveal thing, like that b- brought Pokemon back, that brought a whole consumer base, base for TCGs in general. So- um, They've kind of expanded into consumer value stores and like. <laughs> oh yeah, I need to name oh, yeah. one of my decks that consumer, consumer value store. store. Yeah, probably like Prosper or something. So, when you were starting playing, you were very much like just kind of kitchen tabling slash not even playing with the right rules. Just yeah, like cards house rules. Yeah, especially like up until I went to events, uh-huh. I really like would only justify stuff. I remember once going to events, literally clicking the pieces like, Oh, I can look up rules. I don't need to just like (laughs) make them up as you go. Right. Right. And debate with my friends over like, which rule is legit or not. I I love that. Like trying to remember what one was. There was one with uh, endless ranks of the dead where like, I just cheesed it. (laughs) I just exploited it to, cause I had four in a 60 card deck. If you, if you're like, Mm-hmm. confident enough then you can get away with anything if totally. no one's looking up the rules totally i think this is really interesting you bringing up these uh points about you like how kind of when you started playing because it reminds me of when i started playing like Oh when i was really little that sure. was like the main thing i was into and it'll always be about like you know flipping down which card has more stars like that's right. the one who wins and like this thing where you're like flipping over cards and that's all i thought Yu-Gi-Oh was literally the stars for yep. years like once i actually learned magic someone told me like stars mean power in Yu-Gi-Oh, which i'm not even sure if it does it's not I exactly just, <laughs> i just <laughs> believe that for years i yeah. i still do not know how to play that game yeah it's a uh, it's, it's, it's kind of close to mana pips almost no. in a certain it, way there's because... such an arbitrary point at like between four and five stars we're, we're getting into Yu-Gi-Oh was the one i remember on the playground though oh I, yeah i never oh, played yeah. it but i remember yeah. seeing people play Yu-Gi-Oh. But, and then pokemon was the like look at my shiny little like yeah, marbles yeah. literally like marbles from the 1950s yep. like how, how our grandparents would trade those pokemon took that place i feel like pokemon while all these games were designed for a similar space and a similar consumer right uh the c and cvs if anyone was curious um i think that trend with pokemon has kind of continued where there is like a, a competitive scene and there is a scene that kind of plays for like um the actual mechanics of the cards but i think a lot of the 
market and a lot of the, and I could be wrong about this, but I, I think from what I've heard, a lot of the market and a lot of desire around certain cards is based off of like, which cards are like people are most like, which cards are people's favorite Pokemon or like right. this is like a really sought after card because it has right. a cool art or like a waifu art on it. Well, they also like got that. the whole like alt art, like yeah. foil thing that now Magic is adopting way more oh, of those. Yeah. You, you showed me that one that's like a textured card. That's been a Pokemon thing for like a little bit now. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, hang on, just real quick. Um, are you saying that there's not like a competitive scene for Pokemon or? No, there is one. I think it's, it, from what I've heard, I think it just makes up like a smaller pool of the player base. than okay. like Whereas like a lot more, I could be completely talking out of my ass here. But from what I've heard, I think a lot more people who collect Pokemon cards mainly do it for the collecting aspect rather than the game piece aspect. And since you guys probably don't know, but do you know if they've changed the rules from like the beginning or is it very much still the same from the start? Cause I remember playing Pokemon when it came out like yeah. as an actual game. I, I think the rules have had tweaks here and there. Again, it's not something I'm an expert at, but I, I know like they just released a new generation i don't know if that comes with new specific rule changes or just like a new set of cards but they've definitely updated it in places and i have no idea how or where or when but the only changes i know about with that game were when um the i don't know if developer would be the right term but you know wizards made it either around the start or a little after that and then when they were dropped I think those were major changes when Wizards came on and then when they left there, you know, because it was literally the people designing them changed hands. Right. So when you started playing, um, one of the first uh, decks or pre-constructed things you said you had gotten was some of the um, guild uh kind yeah. of standard decks and which one was the first one you got again the one my brother i th- i don't know if he either gave he you know what he did give it to me it was an is it pre-con um original ravnica i remember i carried it with uh with two rubber bands around it probably yep, completely classic. destroying Love the cards that. and like you know if i ever pga graded them today they would be like a three or a four that's you know? such a such a classic like i've heard so many stories about like especially even before then like in the 90s people shuffling up without sleeves or like yeah. carrying them in rubber bands oh yeah but, and, and did you, you stuff it in your back pocket yeah or yeah. In a any, yeah in a ziplock oops i, I accidentally sat on my deck <laughs> <laughs> hey um, now it's like modern foils <laughs> <laughs> but i he actually did give me that deck okay I played with it occasionally. I I remember it, you know, it might have been an okay deck, but I was a terrible player. So every I'm, time I, that was around when I started to quote unquote actually play the game. Yeah. You know, it was more like house rules rather than war bullshit justification of, <laughs> of nothing. Um, did you remember, like, did you really enjoy playing uh, with that deck? Like, especially retrospectively like looking back on it like i know you weren't so the best so player, the Mossbridge but... troll pre-con was okay. definitely like my first proper deck because okay. that was the first deck bought for me that is it pre-con my brother gave it to me i remember bringing it to synagogue <laughs> i must have placed it somewhere or lost it oh, or no. you know just literally like i i i had it and then it was gone 
and and then it was gone i didn't i didn't have my only magic deck anymore oh my goodness i, I remember my brother being like i'm not giving you any more because <gasps> he lost that one i mean it made sense yeah. i think he only had one or two decks himself and so eventually maybe like two or three years later you know it was a. Uh, what was the Mossbridge troll set? You, that was, you had it pulled up. Uh, it was it one of the like Lorwyn ones. Lorwyn? Yeah, Lorwyn. That's how it was. Right. So was yeah, sure. it was Lorwyn. I, I forget if that was before or after Ravnica, but it, you know, it must have been around the same time. Because I remember losing that and pretty soon after kind of begging for a new deck. Yeah. I remember. So with that Mossbridge troll deck, playing it... W- I, I have quite a few memories with it. I still have quite a few of those cards... I think I think the best memories I have would be when my brother would lend me his Selesnya deck. Oh, okay. Because he had a, a like OG Ravnica token Selesnya deck. I guess that's always been Selesnya's theme. I forget their uh, their mechanics from from third iteration of Ravnica, but probably plus one counters or tokens. something no that was uh, that was population with original ravnica where you create oh, a copy of each populate, uh, populate right not Wait, population i think okay so i had kind of recently opened a box of return to ravnica which is the second one uh-huh. and i remember seeing a lot of populate cards in that one so i'm wondering if the um there's a chance those from return yeah. you know i think i think it was you're you're probably right about that. But you were saying you really liked playing uh, when your brother let you borrow the Selesnia one. Yes, yes, that would have definitely been like core memory because in terms of like color combo, even though I don't play that deck right now, you know I have the Reese deck that's like yeah indefinitely unfinished because <laughs> I don't really have the best the colors e- the effort to prioritize magic in my life you know uh-huh. Uh-huh. I've, I've gotten to a point where i'm like i have my two built decks yeah they're decent enough to have fun and play with you guys but when i start to play too regularly because i have two decks mm-hmm. it gets pretty boring mm-hmm. but since i've i've you know slowed down how much i'm playing with you guys it's still fun um yeah. but that yeah that original Mossbridge Troll Precon. I run Mossbridge Troll in that Selesnia deck. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure I run a couple other cards. You know, it's quite good in, in Selesnia because you get a lot of bodies. Mm-hmm. And so you just tap up to 10 power pretty easily once you once you generate that. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, Mossbridge Troll is a really cool card. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, I, I just Big looked it boy. up for the... It's expensive in CMC. Oh, it's it's, plus it's a 20, lot. Plus twenty. Yeah, but wow. it's That's insane. It's a bit of like, especially where we're playing, it could be a mid-game ending card if yeah. you if you prevent blocking and stuff like right. that. Um, I but as a kid. That's that's such a cool card. Yeah. Big power, yeah. you know. Five. Oh yeah, that's massive. So I thought it was so cool. I remember having a friend of mine. Um, they they told me. Like this is trash. Look at the CMC, and I just didn't care. You know, I probably i i you know I remember for years not caring about CMC. Oh really? But yeah. No, I prioritized like l- less than flavor, more so like instinct. Uh-huh, like I uh-huh. see a card, I read like two sentences of it. If yeah. it's too many abilities, too complicated, I don't want to read it. Mm-hmm. Oh. You know, I'm in <laughs> yeah. like sixth grade and. I really don't care to learn these cards more. Yeah, but yeah, no. It must, I think around sixth or seventh grade, I stopped playing for quite a bit. 
then ninth grade around return. Okay, when like yeah, you you'd mentioned you'd like gone to like formal events, events, yes. And like, what do you remember? What your first like event kind of was, or something around there? What your first few event experiences were? Were they at like a local game store? Or were so they- it was it was at collector's paradise okay okay great place. Um, excellent place i remember my friend the same one who told me that uh, Mossbridge troll is bad because of <laughs> high cmc <laughs> right. in like fourth or third grade same person my brother's friend a couple years older i remember quite a few times maybe not that time but quite a few times throughout high school they just drove me to friday night magic couple of pre-cons and i remember there was a period i think Return to Ravnica, I played at least five or six Friday Night Magics. Oh, like I was really going cool. like pretty often because I don't know how often Friday Night Magic happens anymore. Is it still a thing? Well, really? every this Friday. Is, yeah, it's at, at so quite a few. This games is kind through. of something we've been curious about sure. because the development of Friday Night Magic. We weren't really around when you were, or sure. a lot of other people were, for like what it used to be like versus now when did cody when did you start like seriously playing magic or so like i got into it but it was really only kitchen table magic right at ixalan uh it was like amon ked and ixalan were like the two sets that i like really kind of bought in, in uh, like bulk it's like early 2010s, like 2013. No, no? that's a little later, I no. think. I it, think it's like later 2010s. I think it was about 2013. No, I think it was about 13. 2013 would have been Because that was like around um, um, Theros. Theros? Yeah. yeah. I think... Uh, but it was around that same time. Let's see. I think Ixalan would have come out 2017. And Amon okay. would have come around also in 2017. Okay. okay. So, okay, I'm, I'm way off then. Yeah, 20... Like 2017 and like it was like a really popular thing like there was a comic book store around the corner from my house that did friday night magics um you know i'm down the street from collector's paradise and you know i know that they were still doing it at the time yeah but i just never got a chance to like go and play um but yeah that was one of the things that we wanted to kind of talk about because it was friday night magic and like how what well first of all what format did you usually play was it like drafting it was or? draft okay so it was you, draft it was pass around the table draft okay you, you three three pack yeah mm-hmm. uh there was a specific uh you know you i think Order. you started passing left and then right and then left per pack okay and um it was just a really good way if that's still the same format draft in my opinion yeah if you're trying to build a magic collection is the best way to start your collection because you pick the cards that you're going to take home. Yeah. And so rather than pulling packs where you get essentially a bunch of chaff that you might not use for five, six years until you even care about those other colors. Most new players are probably going to stay dual color, tri-color if they're like really risking it. They're really like, you know, I forget all the, what is it? Spikes and, uh, <laughs> Jimmy's and Johnny's, Johnny's, Johnny's and, and, and Timmy's. Timmy's. So all, all the people who are going to be spikes, they're going to go five color in their first year <laughs> or two. You know, they're going to go, Oh, this is sick. Uh, whatever that baby was, um, that five color baby. Oh, child, child of Alara. Yes. Board that, white baby. Board yes, white baby. That, that used to be the, the five color deck for yeah. commander. But. but so this is like kind of, 
what we've really been curious about F&M, is FNM, right? Right, like this kind of we've never played draft. Um, okay, and and that's well, like you, we you as well, Cody. I would call yeah, no, I would no, call never, never pre-release a form of draft, right, but I wouldn't right. say it's like the classic well, draft. What, what experience. Jacob's talking about? Draft. No, it's not the pack draft that you got. Yeah, well, now. what I'm talking about is like we've never played like this, like typical past the pa- past the pack draft experience yeah, where yeah. it's like yeah. and and that's one thing i never thought about is like if you really like just love playing red and that's like for example or like you really love playing blue and that's the only thing you want to like pick up like you can really tailor like the uncommons and the commons you get from that to just Absolutely. be that color totally. yeah, i've never thought about that i've i've oh, always yeah. just kind of gone into like cracking pack mode where it's like if, oh what do i get you know there's an expensive card if anything <laughs> yeah. it's better for chaff cards because yeah. people aren't going to be pulling those immediately yeah so there's a chance you know i remember a pack would go around a couple times you would see the same pack a couple times mm-hmm. especially if the table is smaller and uh you would end up being like, ooh, I want this card more than the other. I hope no one takes it. Comes back around. No one took it. Shit card. You're not going to use it in your draft deck. But you want but it. But you take it home. <laughs> you put it in your main deck or you yeah. keep it in your collection because you think, hey, this might be good in so a deck in the future. Here's a question, and I wonder if you've ever had this experience. I've heard a lot of times people, when they play like draft where they pass the packs around like that, mm-hmm. like they'll open their first two or three packs, get the pulls that they want. Let's say they're going like mono green big stuff or whatever. For for the draft deck or for their home for, decks? For a draft deck. Okay, like they're yeah. doing it to build a draft deck, and they've just started like accumulating, like for example, mono green, green, green yeah, big yeah. stuff. And then they get like the most expensive card they open the pack and it's the most expensive card in the whole set mm-hmm. have you ever been in that like position where it's like oh am i gonna take this just because it's like a 20 dollar card now so or? with with the draft packs you can if i remember right you can show the packs to the person next to you this might not be at all lgs's but at least at collector's paradise you know circa early 2010s Especially since I was a kid, especially yeah. since I knew people who would know better for me. I remember my friend Lilith, she she built most of my draft decks <laughs> back then. And uh it, it was just <laughs> it's funny to look back because I'll I God, I went to a precon with Lilith in twenty nineteen, met met her there, and and I remember even then literally like showing her my deck and being like, Do you think this is good? And her being like not literally, but being like, fuck off. Like, <laughs> aren't, like, aren't you grown enough to build your own deck at this point? I love that. But, um, but that's always good to have friends like that. and For just, sure. Like, so so I remember um, the two-sided Jace. I once pulled that. And I had no idea what it was. I saw Jace. I remember hearing about Jace. Even back then, the original Jace was like overvalued, overpowered. And so I got this two-sided Jace. And and I sh- was showing it to Lilith or someone near me who was helping me out. And they go, you should pull that card. Like, because if you aren't, I'm going to pull that card. You know, out of pack, it was like, this was actually at a pre-con. A pre-release? I'm remembering. Uh, yes, a pre-release oh. pre-con. I misspoke. I got, I got uh, because it, that Jace is now like a $14 card. Something like that, yeah. But I remember when it came out, 
because you know it's pre-release and stuff is overvalued right. before the set comes out yeah it was like a 70 80 dollar card Jeez. i remember like oh my goodness all my friends being like me being like oh this is all right i can't use this in my draft deck this is a pre-release <laughs> remember um and and me me just like not really caring about it and i remember lilith suggested to me to you know trade it for cards i wanted and i just thought oh. this is a cool card it's it's gonna gain in value and literally ah. everyone there was like no it's going to lose value and if anything long term like it's not that great of a card like it's okay um this was uh one sec jace of uh, rin's prodigy right this one yes yes so yes. that would have been and really nicely about these older uh pre-release cards some of them have like the actual dates of the pre-release mm -hmm. which they don't have that anymore they don't do that they they just have like a, a the year stamp like it'll say 2023 rather than like it won't say the actual date no and and that's why you know like that sucks i think these dates are so much cool because you know, now, was, you we know can look back back then was they had all art Oh, they, uh -huh. they did pre-release art, and it was specific cards. Oh, and I, I think, think I now, what now about. what they do isn't they don't they just stamp a random rare or mythic, right? That's yes. usually yeah. what it is. Yeah. So what was cool about back then was rather than getting a random stamped, you could both get a card that you wanted because with leaks you could usually see what the the colors would be. So yeah, did but it, the one thing I was going to say that's really cool about this is we can literally look at it and be like, okay, you were playing this pre-release on July 11th or 12th of 2015, or right? Like, that's when you were doing it, and right. like, no, I, I've so say, cool I've tried to, to save time. most of my stamped cards. Uh huh. I have only traded away one. That was a really bad one. It was uh, when they started to do random stamped cards. Okay. Um. But yeah, so a lot of from what your your experience is a lot of draft and a lot of um a lot of like kind of maybe a few pre-release events when you were at like your friday night magics was anyone ever playing other formats that you knew of then like was there like a table playing standard or modern or something like that so for collector's paradise because that's where i went to all my events uh -huh. when i was going younger um there was at pre-releases some commander groups okay. there would be like people that finished early would play a commander game right people before the event started would be playing a couple commander games but i remember specifically with collector's paradise back then they struggled to have anything but pre-releases and fnm i remember the highest capacity i saw for a pre-release it's like between 60 and 70 people in oh, that store wow. too which is wow. so tiny right that's so hot so i remember everyone kind of squeezed in together yeah they had like five or six tables out they really like maximized their space and um that that was a fun time for fnm the most people back then might have been like 30 25 people but that was it was still a good crowd i remember one of the coolest memories um there was this guy Johnny who uh he he had like a pompadour a uh, really <laughs> really nice guy uh -huh. mm -hmm. and i remember seeing him at the pre-release and going like damn i know this guy from somewhere when i was a kid at the hollywood video uh-huh 
right near the CVS, you know, oh, that the, is. Con- the consumer, consumer, consumer value, consumer value store, right. going back to that. Okay. Right next to that. It's a, uh, it's like a joint chiropractic or something or a nail salon now. Okay. But that Hollywood video, I remember this guy, Johnny worked at it. My dad had a Hollywood video subscription, so he would be able to like rent out movies for however long, never get fees, do like three a month. And I remember this this guy, Johnny, he did the Johnny D. This has nothing to do with Magic the Gathering properly. <laughs> I'll, I'll relate it back eventually. <laughs> but So Johnny would do the Johnny deal where he would essentially slip my dad a second vhs or dvd (laughs) and my dad just had to return it with the other one or he might have just returned it whenever just as long as johnny was there dude so this guy years later i see him at collector's paradise and i i caught up with him he's like how's your dad doing it was just a really cool small world moment where like because you know local game stores are like a slight dying breed yeah they've they've come back because of pokemon and whatever you know car collecting has become yeah. like a certain value they tried Definitely. to bullshit it into nfts and stuff but but actual collecting is is a, a physical it's definitely hoarding uh <laughs> kind of fix yeah kind yeah. of almost like philia that we have <laughs> and i think um in general uh i i guess like a lot of the trading card world but i i think magic the gathering especially has gotten more popular over the years especially like commander has blown up and as a result like people are just like flooding to that format and right. uh, did when did you start like because i know you have a few commander decks now when mm-hmm. did you start getting into commander commander more specifically yeah that was 20 first commander deck mm-hmm. 2017 2016 I okay think. so that was like after all of the pre-release you knew it was yeah. or drafts and pre-releases you knew it was a thing what did you ever so in between that time when you started like drafting and acquiring mm-hmm. cards from pre-release yeah. did you ever do anything with those cards like build any decks or try to build any decks or, or did you just kind of like keep them in a collection you, you know what i mean or so between those times, I remember building out some sixty card decks, uh, okay. standard. Okay, cool. And not not any, God, I forget the terms, but not any um, like modern standard. That's when you play within the past couple of years, something like, like that. Like in or, the set block, like historic, the, the actual competitive standard. Yeah, right. Where you're playing like it's like last two years, and yeah. then when the year resets, you can like only play last three sets, and it's yeah. really weird. Yeah, yeah. Standard is like the the rotating format. We, we played like legacy standard essentially. Okay, got or it. Like, okay. And 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 truly like house rules. I don't know if we ever looked up ban list. There's a good chance no one ever had anything proper banned. Yeah. Um, or if you did, it probably wasn't like synergizing with synergized the right or utilized be, once played. Yeah. yeah. But um, so I had. What is now my uh, my um, Scarab God deck? Mm-hmm. Like, there's been iterations of that since like 2013, 2014. Oh, wow. That's when I probably first started building. Was it always decks. a Demir deck? It was like, always a Demir deck. It was cycling between a zombie token deck. Okay. Um, I mentioned uh, four uh, endless ranks of the dead. Yes, yeah. that was. <laughs> Very fun to play because once you get <laughs> so two out, zombies. you just double. Yep. But once you get three out, you quite literally, or four out, you quite literally triple. And 
So yeah. it was it was some shit where once I had one out, pretty much my friends would like freak out because it would oh. be pretty soon before I would get another one. And okay, that is a yeah. It, it <laughs> that, went between uh, you know, it was never proper uh, um, Ravnica Demir. Mm-hmm. Ravnica Demir is kind of trash. <laughs> it's never had. Pro- it's kind of like the Illuminati Guild. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's more theme than actual execution. They've done a good job at the aesthetic of it, Definitely. but then that leads to the execution because the whole aesthetic is is illusion and mis- mystery. So then, almost the execution itself being like weird is kind of fitting with yeah. it. It's very weird. It's hard to obscure the fact that you're playing a Demir deck when you're playing black and blue cards, right? Like it, it's it, not a mystery anymore. It's funny because I think that like. Innistrad Demir does a better job of showcasing like actual like what the colors do right. than like Ravnica right. Demir. Like I like see. the the pie themology over yes. the the Ravnica like um flavor themology. Right, right. I mean Ravnica I, Demir had mill, you know, just there's it had there's mill. Mill. in there. But, but like Innistrad Demir is like zombies and reanimation death and despair. And, yeah, not just mono black with extra stuff. Diablo 2 aesthetic like I I feel like definitely Ravnica had a a flavor of of that because you can't you know if if you're playing those colors like that that that's going to translate over from any set but maybe Innistrad captured that like more stereotypical like you know mill kind of value-ish graveyard draw card counter spell yeah all that stuff a little better maybe um so do you ever find yourself, or, or at the beginning maybe, I know at the very beginning you said you found yourself gravitating towards big stompy creatures, sure, sure. which is maybe when more young, yeah. like a green kind of... Green, red. Green, red. Yeah. And then at some point you started kind of delving in more towards like blue and black and kind of like... Yes, yes, yes. What was that transition like? Um, That transition... God, there must have been some pre-con I bought or some card I pulled. Um, I think I just remember literally seeing zombie creature type and going, I want to build a zombie creature deck. And I I think that's also a very easy way for new players to gravitate towards is tribal. Tribal is so much fun sometimes. Oh, yeah. Tribal is really good because it, 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 it... Usually the designers are really good about taking... Uh, flavor themology and tying it in with with everything about mechanics and execution and and that that also those kind of like meta feelings that you get when you're playing the kind of like dungeons and dragons relation to this where like yeah you aren't you're never properly role-playing but the the actual way you build your deck is this this personalized development yeah and that that development is then shown on the stage of of playing it with other people it's definitely an expression of yourself and when you get that spotlight ooh, that's fun when when people are looking at you and they go fuck you you (laughs) just like god damn it if you're ever at lgs and like you're in a four or five player commander game people see you play that one or two cards and those are like your cards Mm -hmm. you're like you're like you know these tutors and all this crap like it's optimal playing but then i tutored for this card not even because it's that great but because i want to feel a certain way um i'm trying to remember the (laughs) the card i run in my rakdos deck um the one that makes you you play uh a um 
random card essentially from your oh, deck. Oh, possibility, possibility storm. storm. Possi- I love that card. Possibility storm, despite not being a Ravnica card, is theme themeology wise like a Rakdos card. It, it is yes. chaos. It is, it is chaotic. Yeah. And and so I I like building towards themeology. Yeah, definitely. That's also kind of why I struggle to like build out because I don't really care about mechanics sure i I more so care about like these like meta feelings that i get that you know probably because i've played since a young age it's this like this association of like curiosity and self-expression and i think like there one of the reasons why commander is so great too is there's so much more of an opportunity for you know you to potentially run like these like tutors or whatever effective cards that you can go and grab Right. Like your signature card or something close to that yeah. feels more personalized than the optimal card. I know that's something I struggle with separating sometimes myself is like, oh, I really like this card, but this card is better in every way. Should I cut this card right. out that I really like? And right. I think there's something so important and so valuable about keeping that card in that you like, oh, even yeah. though it's not the best. Oh, yeah. It's very it's a expression of yourself and if you ever get a chance to like go off with that card or even win with that card it's like I, a I, huge feeling i run that two card kill combo in my demir deck and and i only run it pretty much it's it's decent which two cards it's, um it's uh it's the peer into the abyss is one of the pieces is right? it I'm, I it's the one that makes that you draw being, half your library a mill half lose. your library someone else oh it's half their library and and before that, you play an enchantment that whenever someone puts a card in their graveyard, they then have to mill that many cards. Uh. And so what's so funny about that, it's not even a proper instant kill combo because you the the um next turn step they technically don't die like they traditionally yeah, would they would have it's, to it's draw. a draw out yeah and so here's the funny part too is if they have an odd number of cards i used to play it like this i played it so much my friends wouldn't mill half their deck they would count their whole deck because if you have an odd number oh, of cards you, you keep with, one so if, if you, you have, have like a even card draw you have zero spell. if they have a card draw spell they could manipulate it to like keep a certain amount in there like if they no like no a, no no, it's if it's odd, yeah. then you only have one left. Well, that's what I'm saying. But if like if before, they're at an even number. If they're at an even number and they have a card in their hand that's like draw a card, they would want to play that if they were oh, at even. Oh, if it's an instant and they're responding yeah. to me. Yes, yeah. yes. So they could theoretically have like a final. T- right, and right. get to odd. Right, right, yeah. right. There could there, be somewhere. Uh, you, I'm pretty sure you've gotten me with that one before. Probably yes. one of the times we were playing 1v1 or something. But I remember yes. having to like wait what and then my deck was just gone and like that was a very you know like you're not going to get to play that every time or maybe it's not the best combo to get someone to mill their library out but you got to do that and it was very much like this is what you wanted to put in this deck right right and it's not it's not even aoe it's not affecting everyone it's a proper tactical nuke i'm targeting one person and ending their their life essentially (laughs) (laughs) ruining their day yeah, single targeted alpha strike. If yeah, you know. <laughs> I, have a, I have a good Rakdos card that that thematically works well in that deck, um, and and it works well overall. Uh, I f- I forget the name of this as well. Sorry for not knowing That's any cards. Fine. Names. How That's dare fine. you? But it's it's a uh, it's that card that um, when it deals damage to a player, it rather than dealing damage sets their life to one. Uh, you know, oh, the, uh, Master of Cruelty. Master yes. of Cruelty. That's. 
great great theme for Rakdos, and it is a Rakdos card. So yeah, yeah it's, it's a lot of fun. So that that's one sure. where like you know it's it's not overly optimal, but it actually does work. I think Rakdos is a better for my two decks, my my Lich Lich God deck and my my Rakdos deck. I think the Rakdos deck. And this is kind of going off topic of what any listener would care about. But <laughs> I think the Rakdos deck overall plays out with a aesthetic and a theme that kind of centers around it, works yeah. well with it better. Uh-huh. I think that Lich God deck, you can literally tell it's been 10 years old. There's so many random yeah. cards in there. And yeah. there's I've just over the years gotten a lot of really good zombie tribal commander cards yeah yeah and and so that deck has a lot of good value in terms of money mm-hmm. you know a lot of quality cards in it it's not the most optimized deck but so i was so you had this like um what's it called format or like a, a pre-commander legacy deck, like, standard right yeah. this legacy standard like demir legacy deck from 60 card yeah 2013 or whatever and was that the first thing that you evolved into a commander deck? Or yeah, yeah. Well, okay. because um, my Lich Lich God was my first commander. I think. I think I played that format with other people's decks a couple times. But yeah, I don't think I. I never bought a precon at that time. Okay, I bought, I've bought them since. Yeah, but around then I just had enough and was given enough. I think I remember hanging out with Lilith one day and her just helping me build out the deck to oh, the nice. proper commander deck. So is that that's just kind of where you were like your friends were playing commander and you wanted to try it out so you just turned what you had already as a 60 card deck into a 99 singleton card deck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then so it was like t- from 2015 to like 2017 was around when this happened. Mhm. And when when you started playing like what was playing commander like was it like i mean i'm assuming it was different than it is today i'm trying to remember because majority of the things i would go to and events i would go to was fnm the first commander events i would go to it was at a game ogre okay this was 2017 2018 and I remember there just being a transition period where Jacob, oh, other Jacob, other friend, Jacob, he, um, he started really taking the rules seriously, and it, be, it became a situation of me and two friends of mine, me, Jacob, and Rion. We all played semi regularly together. We had our friend Logan, who had a collection from back in the day, kind of like a Pokemon. I'm pulling cards collection, uh-huh. like not even really caring about it. So we eventually wrapped him into it too. But I remember around when when Jacob started taking the rules seriously and started calling out me and Rion for our house rule bullshit. <laughs> um, and and my friend Garrett, I remember my friend Garrett played too. We we all slowly transformed our decks into commander decks just yeah. because it ended up being that with that whole legacy standard thing, once you actually start to learn the rules, it's so exploitable. The fact that yeah. you can run four of any card. Yeah. Any uh I think back then the rules were anything but uh um legendaries and, and rares and mythics. So so like Whoa. I said, four endless ranks of the dead. 
That um, was a format I don't think I've heard of, but so wait, four of any card. But but legendaries, uh rares and mythics. This I might, don't I don't think you could run four legendaries, rares or mythics. Yeah, yeah. I'm repeating myself. This but. might be uh either a format I haven't heard of or like a format that's like kind of like naturally developed over like but that's that's really cool. Yeah, that's um, just how we play it. Um, it makes uh-huh. sense, like when you really think it about it. It is a really yeah. cool way to well, build a deck. Yeah. yeah. Here was the bullshit rule that did exist back then <laughs> that does not exist anymore. Is same name card on the board. You guys know that old rule? Yep. Oh, where you from, you play. Yeah. I can't remember if it was you just play two Jaces in general or if it has to be the same Jace. The now same it's card. now it's the same card. The same so card. Like it, it would be the same Jace because like there's six of them. You could play all six at the same time. Yeah, you could have a whole Jace tribal commander deck and put them all on the board. But. So do, do but, you remember if if how it worked, Cody? So I know before like this is before I was even playing, but it would have been that like. If you cast like party Jace and then you wanted to cast like the dual face Jace, mm-hmm. you would have to like sacrifice party Jace. Right. Yes. Yes. And and on top of that, Whoa. if other people played that any other Jace, the your yours would die. Old which school was, legendary yeah. rule was that like way back in the day was like. Yeah, if you both had Nico Bolas, right. one person would play that play Nico Bolas, and if the other person played the opponent played Nico Bolas, I don't remember how they decided, but one of the Nico Bolas's got destroyed. I think the first one. I the think first it's, one? it's the one on the stack took priority. Ah, uh, okay. And then that one would resolve because because technically. You think about theme. You're thinking about this battleground that we're we're creating. He gets putting summoned soldiers on one on. side, and then now he's getting resummoned yeah, on, on the another other side. Yeah. How can he exist in two instances? Even though you're you also are like accepting multiverses exist. Yeah, but I guess only it's not like a. a multiverse where where the same iterations exist it's a Not multiverse parallel universe right it's, it's, right it's 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 opposite universes right yeah right? that it's makes the legendary universe. creatures very or like that legendary mechanic it's it's not perfect in its current iteration, and maybe the old one was better for for flavor purposes. For flavor, but sure. the new one, like the, the old one, in, in terms of mechanics, like would be a nightmare to like, you know, like if everyone shows up to a commander game with the same commander. <laughs> well, that, like, that's what it ended up being. Was um, I because I started playing commander when that rule was still a thing. Essentially, you just, especially if you're in a small, you know, um, what, kitchen table group. Yep. Oh yeah. You you wouldn't build the same decks literally if you had the same colors you would get a, rather get a different commander than have this you know checkers game of i i claim yours you claim mine and yeah. go back and forth it's actually kind of funny it reminds me of an old school dungeons and dragons rule whereas now there's a counter spell spell you can do to counter another creature casting a spell the way you did it in the past was by casting the same exact spell that they were casting at the right moment so it's a really interesting sort of dynamic like that you know because in magic you know you just have counter spells and you can just do that but, right um, yeah uh, I don't know. It, it's it's an it's interesting to view uh, a resource as a form of removal because it just happens to be the same thing your opponent's playing. Right, right. It was, it was and it wasn't even necessarily same thing. It was it was if you played one kind of Jace and someone played another kind of Jace. Oh my god! <laughs> since Jace can't exist in two iterations, even though it's technically like once you're getting further enough, it's different 
universes jaces and stuff so it doesn't even make sense and that's probably partly why they change it but they also mainly changed it i'm sure because yeah because people it's a nightmare people want to play the same cards and they're going to keep printing legendary things so eventually and the meta just like forces people to play certain things right it makes too many instances of of events happening not uh fun or not play out well it, it's like yeah. how um Mo- monoburn became obviously a bad mechanic you, you guys know monoburn <laughs> yeah, right? yep. yeah. Yes. back in the day that was another thing where if you had unspent mana in your right. mana pool at the end of would, turn was it at so end how, step it was end step because right. i know now there's all kinds of things where mana goes away at the end of like main phase one really combat like you can't have floating, floating mana, mana unless it, your whole turn unless it specifies on the card like if oh. if you move from main phase one to, to combat, combat and you have like three floating red it disappears yeah really and yeah no there's that rata that like makes things a little complicated because it adds like two mana during your combat step so you have to uh-huh. use it during your combat or else it goes away during real quick. second main wow not even during second main. You have to use it in combat. Mid- because, yeah. Oh, because combat. Atta- there's there's attackers, defenders, and then proper Damage. combat. And yeah. then after that, it goes to main phase. So after the combat phase, the mana would go away. And then it's like, well, I just made two red mana for nothing. But. So we're like we're like going in the opposite of mana burn rather than yeah. like mana at the end of turn punishing you. And there's like old cards that I think potentially played with older rules like that where where now they're almost useless where it's like you make like cumulative upkeep you make like x red mana in your upkeep phase but like if you use that now you make the red mana in your upkeep and then it immediately goes away before first main before first main so you need instance during upkeep or or abilities or anything that you can do at instant speed yeah or something that says oh maybe God. you have like a permanent on the field <laughs> that's like this mana stays for the rest of your turn or whatever. But right. this was like a card printed in like, you know, prior to 2000. Like sure. really, you're really, talking really, like Braid of Fire, right? I think I'm yeah. thinking of Braid of Fire. Yeah. Like that one is it, 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 for, for modern purposes, it just like exists. And then it's like, OK, here's red mana. Now it's gone. But right. like, right. you know, there's certain certain strategies even now that can utilize that. Yeah, there, there's a commander that brings back mana burn. It's great for that. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay. But, um, <laughs> well, not good for you. <laughs> good for you. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to give that to somebody else. <laughs> uh, that'd be a fun commander to build. So the first commander deck you built was uh, essentially you took a, a re- modified your 60 card deck, turned it into that. Was What was the next one that you built? Next one I built after that. You know, the Reese deck has existed in some form or another for a while. My brother eventually gave me his collection because he was never going to use it. So I got that original Ravnica Selesnya Precon. Oh, cool. Uh, I split that up. I had a bunch of my own Selesnya cards from Return. I had for years at FNM's been pulling, you know, white and green cards to slowly build out that deck. And I remember um, creating a, a proxy for Rees because at the time he was like 45, 50 bucks. And he's like 14 bucks now, seven bucks even. And uh, so <laughs> I, I had, oh my God, what did I call it? I call it like mass populate or something like that. And I drew a pregnant Reese on the card. Because. <laughs> If you guys remember his ability, he essentially has, you know, mass populate. Yeah. He, yes. he populates all your cards. 
he just keeps making more and more and more yeah pregnant um i remember uh creating uh token cards and they were so weird i had it three stacked up on one card because i had so many different tokens oh in my that god deck, and i wasn't about to be able to like at the time i wasn't willing to like you know buy fake tokens i'm not even sure if they really made those back then i think they've started making the fake tokens in just the past couple of years but i'm the sure i erase ones or like like etsy like- etsy but that you know think it's thinking out loud it's pro those etsy ones have probably existed for years probably i just don't remember people using those and it might be me seeing you guys use them now but i remember people like there, there were people that that would keep tokens and there are people that wouldn't the people that wouldn't you know your phone yeah a, a lighter what literally whatever yeah. that can obviously be vertical and horizontal whatever's in arm's <laughs> reach that. right right that. that's that's what becomes a token and then i remember at events and i'm sure you guys still see this people who go are you going to keep your tokens are you going to keep your chaff cards uh-huh, uh-huh and i'm sure people nowadays start to keep them because there's yeah. occasionally those like you know, like $60 tokens, you know, like colorless seven, eight dragon. And just because it's colorless and just because it's seven, eight and a dragon type and there's one ever printed. Now that token is worth like, Oh yeah. 10 bucks or whatever. They go crazy. I actually picked up, well, this is kind of unrelated, but I picked up really old tokens like from a, from a bulk bin. And it was like, like they were just super old, like probably around when some of the first tokens were printed. And sure. I like looked them up and they're like $20 like a piece. And I'm like, Jesus. for a token. Like, yeah. but, um, so you were playing that. And then eventually I know you made a third deck, the Rakdos. The one. Rakdos deck. That was probably built around 2019, 2020. Okay. And out of those three, I mean, has there, I don't know if you've like noticed over time there been any difference, but which one do you think you enjoy right now the most? And which one do you think you maybe enjoyed more like in the past or has it stayed the same? I think right now, um, I think the Rakdos deck is overall my favorite. I think it has an overall great well-roundedness to it and how I like flavor and theme rounding back into mechanics and execution um i like that deck the most i think a better deck to win is my my lich god deck um my my scarab god deck i always say lich because that's that's how i theme that yeah yeah and and that uh rakdos deck is literally rakdos uh is it Lord of wait, which one is it? Lord of Riots? It's, it's, it's the one that not, makes the spells cheaper to cast. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's Lord of Riots. Yes, yes. Um I actually originally wanted to make it the coin flip deck, and my my friend Lilith, once again, <laughs> re- recommended against it and uh convinced me not to because I'll, honestly, theme wise, I feel like that coin flip deck fits better because it's chaos. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's a it's a rough deck <laughs> and so not only that but you just got to flip so many coins yes oh. yes and As, and and that that's the thing that's why i say um my my scarab god deck is better because leaning into rakdos makes the deck kind of worse <laughs> um competitively because it, it kind of um putting like possibility storm in there 
putting putting all these like pinging cards. Uh, the pinging cards actually end up, especially when you're playing multiplayer, being very useful for for cost reduction. But but yeah. overall, you know, they're if you're looking it's, for it's that great to win. Yeah, you know. But I I think my problem with both of my decks is I I third party. I think I wait for everyone else to kind of like get to mid game late game there's obvious winners and losers and i kind of like wait for my um you know opportunity opportunity to kill the top dog and then take out the rest or like like while the two losers or slowly dying people are like you know slowly leaving the game i'll like eventually build power like yeah wipe, wipe the board and kind right. of reset it for everyone and, and then that's something that you can do in commander it's like something you can just like in a 1v1 game you can't just like sit back and watch the other player yeah, build oh, yeah. yeah you can't yeah. slow play it <laughs> you can't slow play 1v1 but you can so, absolutely sit back in a game where it's like i'm not the threat and then like come in late and just start like pinging people and yeah so mo- both my decks really aren't great 1v1 decks but but i overall prefer multiplayer yeah that's, i think it's way yeah. more fun um, uh speaking of which i had been meaning to ask um when you were doing like your legacy kitchen table stuff mm-hmm. were you doing like 1v1s or was it multiplayer so it was a lot of 1v1s um but i remember also doing like multiplayer and very like light tournament among like me and two or three other people essentially like you know having two people play and winner plays next person or loser plays next person or however you know oh you never tried to jam like just a third person in all start at 20 (laughs) life and we no i remember doing a couple multiplayer ones um you know the problem with with the 20 life like you said and multiplayer is and this this happens in so many multiplayer games is is uh unintentional arch enemy it's it's the person mm-hmm. that that forget like how they're playing it's literally like like when we play here it's it typically ends up being mark <laughs> everyone kind of like targets mark and so back then it was my friend rion it's it's a host thing i think is it i think host? that's the, is being the like the host the power move i, don't know. Like, I think I that's mean, the unconscious psychology of I, it because I, think I, think, a, I think it's a little bit more than that because i don't i haven't played with rion but mark does tend to build uh, a little bit more aggressive sort of decks. You sure. know? He, he tends to build more proactively than reactively, whereas Cody, you know, will like kind of like bide his time, leave mana open. Yeah, I'm not a threat. Don't look at me, guys. Uh, you know, Mark is just kind of like, here are my cards. They're on the table. What are you going to do about it? So, <laughs> Rion... considered a host power. You know, it's, <laughs> it's good. I, 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 I think the host thing is kind of you know a throwaway comment to a degree i remember when we played at your house yep. you slightly became the arch oh, enemy yeah that's a good um, point no. when we were at cody's so house i, I think it, it does huh. play into a certain subconscious thing but i am thinking back to rion's deck it was a spirit tribal deck uh, okay. he told me. um and you guys know the they aren't commander type cards but the like the like uh, tribal commanders from original Innistrad. So um, I I run one in my in my zombie deck. They're all two color. There's a zombie one, a vampire one, and a spirit one. Um, they're like lords, or they give no. Like they're they're person. like like 
two to four costs, uh, like quote unquote commanders, not not deck commanders. And are commander they called format. commander like on the card? Are they so. legendary creatures? No, they're like they're like if you're in a squadron, they're the commander of the squadron, and so they all played into like the themology of the cards themselves. Okay, God, I, I um, I need to look up the name and find it. Uh, but he he ran a spirit deck. I and, see. Um, what all of them did the the zombie one, the vampire one, and the the spirit one was they would play into tribal. So like the zombie one, when a zombie would die, ping one damage to an enemy. Um, the vampire one was, God, give like all vampires undying or something like that. Really good. But the the spirit one was the best because it gave all spirits hexproof. Oh. And so you get two of those out. You essentially prevent tribal that, hexproof being removed. Draft because it gave all something. other spirits hexproof. But we're playing 60 card. You run four of those. You just get two of them out. You have permanent hexproof. The drug skull captain. Drug skull captain. Yes. yes. Yeah, he was so in that, my David right, Jones captains. deck. Yeah, the, the Innistrad captains. Uh, um, they're really fun cards. They they If you run a tribal deck, especially a commander deck, you will run one of those if that's your tribe. I, I used to have oh, them in my spirit and let deck. Me get, did so, you have Diagraph captain? I had Diagraph. Yep. Okay, that's what I was thinking. So of. captain, not commander. Um I'm thinking in like military terms. So. <laughs> yeah, but okay, very cool. So, so uh, he he ran right and Stormkirk captain there for, for vampire. Right, that's all three. At so least the three that we've he found. he ran four of those spirit captains, and kind of like my four endless ranks of the dead. It was really frustrating. Um, because his but board becomes untargetable he, if both are out. He bragged at the time about being banned from a shop for that deck. <laughs> <laughs> and so because he bragged about it, because inadvertently he, he became the archenemy of the group. And, right. And it was funny just because over time as Jacob became the like, I forget the, the you know... Um, the spike and whoever of those three is mm-hmm. the the rules nerd. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh I think it is the spike. I, don't, I, I, I forget don't. They'd the, be the, the competitive, Jimmy Johnny and they'd right. be the competitive one. So yeah, m- probably the rules nerd. <laughs> when when Jacob started to become the rules nerd, he slightly became the arch enemy. <laughs> and then when he became the deck building guy, he really became the arch yeah. enemy. Because I don't know if you guys ever play with him and we you, do. I've, I've had this with you guys. But but you you build a new deck, and and this is not something I've experienced because I don't build decks like this. I don't have this thought process. Mm-hmm. I have kind of a layman's thought process about my deck building, optimal deck building, and then you go and go, hey guys, I brought a new deck, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like your thirtieth to hundredth deck you've built. Yep, <laughs> yeah. from scratch too. I'm not talking a precon broken apart you're bored at home and you go these cards will work together exactly jacob started becoming that guy mm-hmm. and and that's something i haven't experienced because i haven't gotten that deep into deck building i don't i my um my Rakdos deck is is pieced together out of yeah uh, i bought i bought a pre-con after i grabbed a bunch of cards and said i right. could build something out of this right um but 
so so Jacob would come to the group with a deck. And this was when we got to Commander, and and we would be like, he would be like, oh, it's a new deck, it's not going to be good. And over time, those new those new those decks new went decks. from being the loser deck to being like. God, I remember the turning point, and this is when I I really stopped playing Magic as much because it kind of killed the luster. Was um the infinite combos? Oh, yeah. The, the first time I saw Jacob play an infinite combo, it kind of like clicked something in my head, and I said like, "This game kind of sucks." <laughs> <laughs> like I kind I hate as soon to like as he broke Commander. You're like, yeah. yeah no, as, but Commander is a broken format. Yes, yes. And and any any expanding game for for over 20 years is going to be broken yeah Yeah. especially if all of the cards are allowed in the same place at the same time like commander yeah and it's like there are those infinite combos that i definitely get like where you kind of lose that i think there's been times in in my life that for me it's more so been frustration with my own decks that i've built but i I definitely get that where it's like you know, you're you're playing this game. You kind of have this idea of power level and what's right. good and what's bad, and then someone just like sits down, plays two cards, wins the game, and you're it's, like, "What?" It's just... like it's like you're a casual queue player for any video game, and you play with a ranked player, uh-huh. and uh-huh. and you go like, "Oh, there's like levels to this, and there's a good chance he's not even that good." You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly that's a that's a like i I remember with smash bros like i don't know if you guys remember the first time you play someone who knows how to play smash bros (laughs) oh because there's like Uh, yeah you know items and and the slumber party and like like the 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 super bowl in the other room while the parents are watching the football game (laughs) there's that smash bros and then you get to like because we're in socal and so th- yep. this is not Magic the Gathering, but SoCal is the Smash Bros. region. Yep. And you you know that one guy who happened to go to tourneys a couple times? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he just like, I've been that person in Smash Bros. too. Yep. So that's funny is because thinking back on it, around the time I stopped being into Magic as much, I started getting into Smash Bros. more. And that was probably because I got that kind of ego boost that like, yeah. oh, I'm I'm the top dog because I, <laughs> I would play with other people. I remember people cursing me out for Smash Bros. Oh, because I, I would like, you know, it was four stocks. I, I four stock them. And like, there's some people that would get me at like 10, 20% and they haven't played for like 10 years since Melee. And like, but then you jump from that to playing against like somebody who is like actively just playing every oh, time yeah. and they force oh, yeah. stock you and you're like this scene this game has such a huge learning curve that right. it goes from like the you know th- like you were saying like Super Bowl in the other room right. just hanging out with buddies to the like casual the to, um, like, kitchen ju- table yeah. like just you said, constant yes. like attack deflect dodges like yes, short yes. hopping combos and it's a completely different world no, to- i remember the first time i got wave dashed oh, <laughs> oh gosh oh god you see someone moving like that and you just think like what is going on <laughs> you just yes. walk off the stage right right <laughs> but to, to get a little bit back on topic here um in your time playing magic like from the from the beginning mm-hmm. have you noticed any like major changes in either the player base or like the typical person you'd play against i know you've been playing in different types of games obviously but has there been any big shift in like magic as a whole if from your eyes Mm, the the couple big shifts i've seen 
are it's interesting because because you see it with both player base but also marketing Mm -hmm. i think those are two kind of like key aspects to see how the audience is taking a product absolutely marketing is a huge marketing literally is they they work to optimize the audience you know perception buying and Mm -hmm. right um so growing up and seeing the ads in the mid 2000s these like hot topic style like 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 you know like aim like gif type like things where it's like God, I, I'd love to play you one of those ads sometimes because uh-huh. they're so fun. It's like a live action kid on a on a blue screen. Oh and, wow. and he's like standing in a city and there's like rocks falling and it's like like, do you have the potential? And then it flashes like the the Planeswalker logo real quick. And Whoa. it's like, what is going on? Like this is a fantasy game. This is not like hot topic Invader Zim t shirt. Like <laughs> And now I've noticed I mean there's So they're that like, that was like the first right. kind of you know, like late Y2K internet edge Lincoln Park aesthetic. Yes. Magic was trying to serve that. I think Innistrad thematically served that well. I think overall they were probably still designing for their core base. But it was interesting to see like how Yu-Gi-Oh! was the game kids played. Yep. Mm-hmm. Pokemon was the game kids bought. And magic was what the nerds did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was not what the cool kids would do. The cool kids played Yu-Gi-Oh! The cool kids probably didn't play trading cards at all. That as well. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. That most of all. Um, But So, So I saw that. And then like more towards high school, they stopped doing that advertising and made it more of like... There was a big social media push, of course, during 2010's social media era. And and stuff like FNM was pushed super hard because social media doesn't exist without the social aspect. And so, the, um, you know, I remember like seeing like Facebook ads all the time and stuff. And so, so it went from like the way I perceived it was was like, oh, my brother and his like nerdy friends are doing this like cool, weird like chess go type thing the same friends that my brother played magic with played go by the way i I learned go around that time i still haven't learned how to play chess but i know how to play go very weird dude you teach me go and i'll teach you chess i'm not a good go player but (laughs) even better teach me go (laughs) i will i'll teach you the ladder and the snake and all that i watched the anime when i was a kid (laughs) that's why my brother got into it was there was a go anime i remember for years probably like like hoping there was going to be a Magic the Gathering anime, and wasn't there going to be? Or there's has a, there there's been? a manga for it. Like, there's a manga, yeah. yeah, and like the art looks really cool when I've seen like screen grabs from it and stuff like that. Right. So fingers crossed that they do one. Yeah. It would be I, dope. I remember the the original anime art with the the dual decks that were Japanese exclusive. I remember seeing people oh, uh-huh. play with anime art, and it was only in Japanese, Japanese. because I think they now release anime art in English. For some magic yeah, cards, yeah, they like, did that with the jumpstart, alt art, right? Alt art, yeah. It, it depends. It, like they did it for like the new Kamigawa set. They did right. it in a couple jumpstart jump ones. 
And oh my god, there was that amazing um, what's his name? Uh, the the horror manga artist. Oh, um, oh yeah, Junji That is so awesome. They got him to do a secret layer. I'm not a fan yeah. of that, that secret wasn't, layers per se. Was no, that a no, secret? No, they had the Junji Ito secret, oh, secret, secret layer, which had like five cards, which are just beautiful. Yes, but then he yeah. also did like a couple of the treatments for the first one he ever did was a Liliana Dreadhorde General. I, I remember. Wait, wait, wait. He did the anime. Liliana? Yes. And it's very expensive and I want it. So badly, right? <laughs> yeah. I I remember, you know, the the eyeball girl that Junji Ito, the famous picture he has with yes. the spiral. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. I got that shirt, a shirt with it in like 10th grade. I remember not knowing the artist, but thinking it was cool. Going to a magic event and someone being like, oh, that's that's a sick Junji Ito shirt. And I'm like, what? And so that's just a funny like turnaround of events that like 10, almost 10 years later, he now He's has doing, made art for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember my brother like becoming friends with this game developer, Edmund McMillan. He made Super Meat Boy, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Binding of Isaac, all sorts of stuff. He then like a couple years later designed a magic card like... It's interesting how they've they've slowly introduced that. Yeah, it was yeah. like the the MLP uh, Transformers Hasbro collab, and now it's evolved into the secret layers. Yeah. It's, so that's the new marketing, I right. guess, relating it back to those different eras. So that's kind the, of what you've noticed changing over. Going back to consumer value right. store, the, the consumerism has been optimized within all of it. And so now, now the secret layers and the, the overproduction of products. I mean, it's insane. There's that graph you can find that shows like product release by year, and then it's like, not Junji Ito, the Liliana. Yeah, it's the Final is. Fantasy artist. Yeah, I, just, oh, yeah. I was just that. looking My that bad. up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsies. Whoopsies. Was it the 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 OG like FF like yes. one through three artist? Uh, what's his name? Yoshitaka. What was it? Sounds. That's Amano? that's I haven't Amano, seen those. Right? I, uh, that that's awesome. That, that they got was, him to do it. So that was one of the exclusive Japanese arts for. Uh, let me let me look this up really quick. Make sure okay. I get this right. It's so I guess just uh, to keep Yoshitaka Amano did this Liliana. Okay, and it looks so yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. No, that's I awesome. I love that card and I want it very much. It is not Junji Ito, but it gave me the same vibes because it's like. Dark right, it's it's looking. it's also Japanese artists. Yeah, um, they're yeah. they're both like uh, less stereotypical, like manga art. Yeah, yeah. more are like stylized towards their own look, as well as like exaggerated, detailed features. So the marketing is really what it's it's how you can see the product slowly evolve yeah. in a certain yeah. way. Um, That's a really good telling point, just to like almost go back and look at even old ads for it. Right, like, it's really cool. Right, because also think like. Commander existed before precons. Yep. Yeah. But precons made it, you know, kind of verified by wizards. Like they, they went, whoa, well, this is a thing. We yep. can make money off of it. We'll feed into that community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially once you start to get to the like the cards that are like very format specific. Like yeah. once mm-hmm. you start creating those cards, it's like, oh, well, because they were doing plane chase around that same time too, and you see that coming back with the the new set, how they're integrating yeah. plane yep. chase into it. Yep. That's very cool in my opinion. Because because if so anything, too. plane chase was one of my favorite formats. I think it really it adds in that like random factor that that CEDH kind of removes. Yeah, where it um, you you know like 
CEDH leans towards chess where it's like a strict set of rules. I think like plane chase leads towards like, like, like Mario party. Like, yeah, like the yeah, fun. You get a random yes, right. little effect that all of a sudden affects one person and, um, or affects people differently. Right. Um, so also, you know, I'm curious about how your interaction with the game has kind of changed over time. I know kind of post quarantine and all that stuff, mm-hmm. maybe that was kind of a point where you stopped going to those Friday night magics as much yeah, or stopped hanging out with friends as often and never got back into it or sure. like what do you think there's like other than that, just like a reason that you've gotten maybe into a different form of magic or, or out I of think, an older form? I think there's a certain level of like product fatigue. Yeah. I think the, the amount of product. God, and, especially after and, as long as you've been playing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause, cause any old product, especially if they're still releasing stuff of it, you know, there's like, um, there's bands who people go back and they go like they should have stayed together and when you hear interviews from them they go no we we left on top our late albums would have been the same late albums of any band Mm -hmm. nirvana is known as nirvana not because they made like trying to think of some like crap album from another group but you know they they had those they didn't make chinese democracy sure yes (laughs) great example yes um but they, you know, they didn't like fall off later in their career, yeah. and and you know, there there's um there's this thing of like Sesame Street and SNL and like all these products. What you grew up with is the best time. It's it's the mm-hmm. nostalgia. It's the amygdala aspect of where you're thinking back. And the you, Simpsons. Yes, yes. The best era, of the Simpsons, is the era you grew up with. Um, uh, all these different products. It's interesting how how it works like that. So. So I have this nostalgia for what I grew up with and there's kind of that old man attitude of like, oh, all that newfangled stuff yeah. sucks. All these newfangled mechanics <laughs> and their their secret layers with their my little ponies and their transformers. <laughs> and and their attractions. Right, oh, right. Yeah. Um so there's a that is a aspect that has kind of stopped me from getting back into it as much. Um I think another aspect was that power creep within our group that happened i think when jacob started to build cedh decks this is like 2018 i believe um or even just the infinite combos maybe well that's what i mean by cedh because infinite combos like you don't see in casual well there's a what cedh is right now is like okay, you, you have to have a plan down at the very beginning. You have to sure. be, like, keeping a hand that you start turn one and, like, go. Like, you you, right. you got to be winning turn three or four. And yes. there's some infinite combos where it's like, okay, here's this seven mana permanent and here's this, like, eight mana permanent and now it goes infinite. But right. I, I think there's, like, a big... There's all kinds of middle ground in there. But, um, you know, if you're not expecting to play against infinite combos... And then you get infinite combos played against you. It's not a a good. It's a feels feeling. bad it feels moment. Bad it feels moment unfair. Sure. Yeah, yes. it feels very overpowered if you're not ready for it or not expecting it. So, so I think there was like power creep within my group that started to make me lose interest to a degree. Yeah, and I, I think just truly the the pandemic killed it because I remember a little bit before the pandemic, um, I think we stopped 
getting together play magic as much so so commander the start of me properly playing commander is 2017 i started weekly and bi-weekly having people over uh it was me rion jacob and our friend logan and we all played commander almost every week for like quite a few years Mm -hmm. i I even remember joining in towards the later end of it yeah 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 i remember um getting a couple people like try it every once in a while just because there was enough decks um there would be people that would like be there already once it would start and like so just once it once it went from like that to CEDH has started to make me lose interest, but I, you know, I also started to go to Game Ogre and and Commander, not events, but nights. Yeah, and those those got me back into it a bit. Okay. Um. But yeah, it was probably just it. It was the com- combination of quarantine. Yeah, and then the fact that like. So many products started to come out after that. Oh, yeah. Like 2021 and last year, 2022, it's yep. like the amount of products is pretty absurd. And and the fact that it's like, like I, I almost was forced out of playing this game. And rather than being like, oh, I missed, you know, because it used to be three sets a year. If, or, yeah. Or it was like four. Th- yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like once maybe, a quarter, I think. maybe a special right. thing once a year kind of deal. Yes, yes. And so then you come back and it's like, oh, here's like 20 new mechanics in one year, one yeah. calendar year. Yeah. There have been introduced 20 new mechanics and and here's treasure cards and here's like, you know, um, um, the, oh no, they introduced this like 2019 or a little bit before, but the... Um, it was right when they introduced vehicles. That's around when I stopped being into magic uh-huh. as much. Not anything to do with vehicles. It's not even that great of a comi- uh, um, format or, or uh, mechanic. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's funny. It almost relates back to the the Moss Bridge troll because you're tapping into. Oh everything. yeah. <laughs> um, I I definitely yeah the product fatigue. I mean you've been playing for like how many years now like close to 20 right if 2005 was when you started like introduced to the product it's going to be close to 20 years that i've at least like had a collection i have cards from back then seriously playing the game it's probably more like like 2010 yeah or so so yeah like 13 to 15 years something like that i think you know i i've been playing i I think we've mainly been taking it seriously and playing seriously since like 2021 sure and the product fatigue that i've experienced already like is is unbelievable because it's been like you know two years i've been into this game and keeping track of everything or maybe three whatever but like it is absurd because it's just sometimes set and before the set is even released, they have spoilers for the next set. And before that set comes out, there's spoilers for the next thing. And you know, like coming down the line, you're excited for this product. You're not as excited for that product, but maybe it'll be good. And it is just like beating you over the head with like new thing, new thing, new thing. And I, I think that that drives maybe people who are more familiar with the game a little bit 
away. maybe out away. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like it, it might be like each of these opportunities are like a fresh new experience to get in more players. Like here's the Warhammer set. So everyone who likes Warhammer come play. Right. And here's the new Innistrad set. So everyone who likes vampires and werewolves comes play. But when you do it all at once and you want to get people really enfranchised in the game, yeah. it's a bit of a nightmare. When oh, you, yeah. And especially when you realize like a lot of these like I don't know what the exact number is. I know it's something crazy. Like all of the commanders in Magic ever released, like something like half or three quarter have been released it's like in the last eighty percent in the 80% last three years of commanders have been released in the last three years. Something wow. like that. Wow. Um so it's a huge shift, you know. But right. it's really cool to hear the times in Magic that you've gotten to play through, the types of uh, formats even that you've played that we've never tried out and i know i'm really excited f- to play draft one day like the yeah, traditional yeah. passing the pack i know these guys are I- i've got a cube let's play i've got yeah. an afr draft cube let's i have think some i think when you realms. when you find a set that you like thematically and that you really want cards from i think that's the best time to go to them especially if you aren't buying boxes if you're buying boxes there's there's not as much need but even then you bring your binder and then you trade your your cards yeah yeah you trade up definitely well i think this is a good time to wrap it up it was absolutely great talking to you man like learning all about this stuff just about your past with magic and getting a better insight for all of that Anything else you guys want to say before we wrap it up? Uh, I think uh, you covered everything from my end. Yeah, man. Uh, Thank you for joining us, Jacob. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for Um, having me. Of course, looking forward to playing more games of uh, Commander and potentially draft with you in the future. Yes, yes. Very soon. All right. From Mark, Cody, Ron, and Jacob, we're signing out. Later. Peace. See you. Later.